Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. On today's episode of Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast hosted by Demand Matrix, we have Toby Daniels, the co-founder and CEO of Crowdcentric Media and founder of Social Media Week, join us to share his thoughts on a medley of topics close to every B2B marketer's heart, from data to content and event marketing. Welcome to Sunny Side Up, Toby. Over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Crowdcentric Media. We'd love to hear about your hobbies too, anything that will get the audience to really know you. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. So yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Crowdcentric Media. I'm also the founder and executive director of Social Media Week. So a little bit about us. Crowdcentric was first incorporated back in 2010. We started the company to put a little bit of structure and organization around social media week, which I had started the previous year, but also really as a a company that beyond social media week also sort of provide expertise and services in the sort of the, the media and marketing landscape. We are primarily sort of focused on connecting decision makers and thought leaders across a whole number of different sort of industry disciplines, including marketing and technology. And we're sort of driven by the idea of wanting to inspire creative thinking and help marketers drive business results. Social Media Week is obviously the thing that we're probably most well known for. Social Media Week is a conference that takes place in about 25 different cities around the world on six different continents and 20 plus different countries and brings together hundreds of thousands of digital marketers at conferences to really sort of access the latest ideas and insights and inspiration and best practices in regards to what's happening in the broader digital marketing landscape and specifically looking at it through the lens of social media. For the listeners, they probably can detect that I have some kind of accent. I'm originally from the UK. I live in New York. I've been in the States now for about 12 years or so. And I reside in Brooklyn. I'm married. I have two wonderful young children. I have a a three-year-old and an 18-month-year-old. And it seems these days, outside of my various different entrepreneurial endeavors and running crowd-centric, most of my time really is just spent herding my children and running around and having lots of fun with them. It sounds like such a busy journey. So what's a typical day at work or what's a typical day like for you in general? Well, I'm sure that everyone you interview answers that question in the same way. And of course, there is no typical day. It's always very crazy and chaotic. And my schedule typically is pretty packed. Although I generally avoid trying to talk about what I do and say to people that I am sort of particularly busy. Whenever someone asks me, I try and avoid that word because I, I just think it's it's overused and it's unnecessary to talk about life in terms of being busy. Oftentimes I, I respond to people and say, well, look, I'm not busy. You know, there are some pretty extraordinarily accomplished people like the Elon Musks of the world who definitely can claim to be busy. But, you know, typical day, crowd-centric media, we have a very particular and sort of somewhat unique approach to how we work. We offer a considerable amount of flexibility. Uh, We have the option of working from home Wednesdays and Fridays for all of our employees. There is no specified or dedicated time in which people are expected to start work or finish work. We are singularly focused less on how busy we are or the number of hours we work. And instead, we are singularly focused on output 
and productivity and ultimately working towards and achieving the goals that we set for ourselves. So as a CEO of the company, I spend a lot of my time on strategy and thinking about the future. And the last six months or so have been spent developing kind of a, a three-year strategy and, and business plan in, in terms of sort of where we're looking to take the business next. So probably about a third of my time is really spent working on that. About a third of my time is spent out in the industry, meeting with customers and clients and partners. When you run conferences, you are particularly running conferences at the scale that we do. You know, we're interacting with thousands of industry professionals every single year. And, and I have the unique opportunity to be able to have a lot of really important and deep conversations with some of the leading thinkers in, in our industry to sort of really understand through those conversations and through those meetings, what's happening? Where are we today? What are some of the most important and biggest challenges that marketers are facing? Where is it all heading in the future? And how can we help you navigate your way to get there? And then, you know, the rest of my time is obviously, you know, very much spent working on the business and working with my teams and working with all the various different people that run the different sort of functional aspects of the business. I love to be as close as possible to, to what we do on the, the day-to-day in terms of like how we execute. So I, I really enjoy that aspect of the role as well. It all sounds so amazing. And next, we'd love to dive into one of the key challenge areas that B2B marketing and sales teams face today, especially with this conversation. When it comes to data, there's so much data out there and there's challenges when it comes to understanding and breaking it down. So we'd love to know what your top strategies and tips are to ensure marketing teams harness the right kind of data to drive better results. And what are the common challenges you're noticing teams face in this industry? Well, we're at a really interesting sort of crossroads as an industry when it when it comes to data, when it comes to thinking about measurement and metrics. I think as an industry, we've completely lost our way. We've become obsessed about the wrong metrics. We've become obsessed about the idea that data somehow is enabling us to make better and more informed decisions and it's going to transform our business it's going to enable us to kind of grow more rapidly or whatever it might be and and the truth is that none of that really is true unless you really understand what are the most important high priority things that you should focus on from a data standpoint disregard or as much as possible try and ignore everything else and be just ruthlessly focused on the metrics that matter. And the challenge with that, unfortunately, is that we are an industry that celebrates and generally kind of has put a great deal of emphasis and importance behind very particular types of data points or very particular types of metrics that have been enormously unhelpful at the end of the day. So my general advice is data isn't necessarily going to be your friend. The quality of data and how much data can really help you in your business is only going to be as good as your ability to identify the most important things that really matter to your business in regards to what you should be measuring. What would your top suggestions be when it comes to ABM trends in B2B marketing? How can marketers improve or enhance their strategies to drive ROI? Well, I've certainly seen a, you know, a number of really interesting trends in the ABM account-based marketing space. And obviously, it's a relatively new discipline, but certainly one that has really taken hold. But I think it also kind of speaks to the sort of larger challenge when it, when it sort of comes to thinking about how to use data in the world of B2B marketing. And the key and most important thing here is it's about 
how do we use data to get closer to our customer? How do we use data to be able to identify those customers that are high priority, high probability, and that we need to be engaging with a more kind of human or personal level? And it's one of the reasons why I like the sort of the, the emergence of the ABM space, because I think it gets us back to a place where we're starting to think about personalization we're getting back to a place where we're starting to think about working with much smaller data sets and in doing so we are able to create better more targeted more customized and and ultimately as i mentioned much more personalized outreach approaches as a result Mm -hmm. and up next as a media company owner you're obviously content marketing and event marketing always up your alley we'd love to know your thoughts when it comes to tech marketing teams and how they focus on event and content marketing how can they extract best value out of these efforts and strategies because it's always a challenge for small to medium companies especially when they want to step foot into the industry make their name known and use event marketing as a tactic Well, we don't really use event marketing necessarily as a tactic because we are a a media publisher and obviously, you know, conference organizer. So our events are ostensibly our product, but we do use, you know, content marketing extensively to drive people through the funnel and to move people through the stage from where they're sort of generally aware of Social Media Week, for example, to a place where they're perhaps considering attending one of our conferences or considering subscribing to our sort of premium content products. And what we found is, and this sort of speaks to one of my earlier points, is that for a long time, we were particularly sort of the top of final content marketing activities. We were sort of overly focused and obsessed with kind of certain kind of key metrics that were suggesting that we were doing very well. You know, we'd built large audiences. We were getting kind of really great engagement digitally online around a lot of our content. But when we really dug in and drilled into the performance aspect of our content marketing strategy and looking specifically at conversion and specifically at the quality of those conversions, what we were finding was that just because we had a big audience doesn't mean we had a high quality audience. And so actually the number one most important insight that I can share is that you don't have to necessarily always think about your content marketing strategies and the content you put out into the world as as needing to necessarily reach the largest possible audience. It's really about how do you find the right audience, the highest quality audience, and focus much more on that and how you convert them by obviously providing as much value to them, putting content in front of them that's that's relevant and content that ultimately is going to help them move from that kind of awareness to consideration phase, which is just so critical. So in just focusing less on those metrics that support the idea that operating at scale is a good thing, and instead focusing on those metrics that really help us understand who the audience is and how we ultimately then qualify them has been enormously important to us, particularly at that sort of lower funnel end of the content marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. So given the current habits and dynamics in the marketplace, there are some skills that are currently in demand and currently that teams 
across the hierarchy within an organization may not have. And that obviously creates a challenge and creates a lag when it comes to adopting data, understanding data, creating the right content strategy, getting the content in front of the right audience. So what would you talk about here when it comes to the skills that you would advise teams to blindly adopt so that they can optimize all of these efforts across the chain? I think the modern B2B marketer has to adopt so many different responsibilities and and has to kind of work across so many different functional aspects of the marketing operation that ultimately they need to be really strong communicators, both in terms of just being fantastically good written communicators, being good oral communicators, that they also have to bring a certain level of creativity to their work. I mean, you know, for years, B2B marketing was was always just the sort of the poor relation to B2C marketing in terms of creativity and copywriting and the campaigns always just sort of felt so sort of corporate and dry. But I think we've seen a big shift and B2B marketing has, has definitely transformed itself over the last sort of few years. And it's exciting to see how much more creativity is coming into the space. I mean, but I really think that as the professional, you need to just be a great communicator, but you also need to be someone who can bring a certain level of creativity to how you communicate. And then, you know, finally, I would say that you obviously have to be technologically savvy. You have to be invested in understanding all of the various different sort of tools and technologies that are at your disposal as a B2B marketer. And of course, there are just so many out there. The space has completely and radically shifted, I would say, over the course of the last even like two to three years. And that's exciting, but it's also can sometimes a little overwhelming in terms of how you keep up with the pace of change and how you keep up with all the various different new tools and technologies that are available and at your disposal. Absolutely. So, Toby, I think this was an amazing conversation. Very interesting insights you shared back there. Thank you so much for your time today. Before we end this episode, are there any key takeaways or few words of advice you'd like to share with the audience? It could be on anything, work-life balance, parenting, management tips, or even your co-curated book, The Future of Now, anything at all. Well, you know, I've spent two decades of my career looking very closely at the role of technology and its impact in terms of how we as human beings connect and communicate, obviously looking at that through the lens of sort of business and marketing, but you know, also looking more broadly at like the societal shifts that are happening and the cultural change that we're sort of experiencing. And, and of course, what a really interesting sort of inflection point, I think, is both an industry and also as a society in terms of like our relationship to technology and, and perhaps more specifically to social media. And so all I would really say is a parting note to leave for your listeners is that when we think about the future and think about where we are as an industry, and I talked a little bit about this before, as I I feel that we've sort of somewhat lost our ways and we've started to kind of like focus on and obsess about the wrong things. When we think about the future, I believe that the future of marketing will ultimately be human first and experience driven. And ultimately, what that means is that we need to get back to the fundamentals of what makes marketing a force for good in the world today. And we need to think very deeply about what is our responsibility as a marketer, whether you're a consumer marketer or a B2B marketer, it doesn't matter. But think deeply about what your obligation is to the consumers, to the customers that you are marketing to, and ensure that you put the human being at the center 
of everything that you do, every strategy that you develop and every campaign that you execute on, thinking about the needs of humans and your obligation towards humans' time and attention is something that we have to take much more seriously when we think about the future. So that's what I'll probably like leave people with if that's okay. And that's very relevant and useful advice because uh, there's a lot of talk in the industry today about the lack of human touch when it comes to automation and martech. So thank you for that bit. And Toby, thank you for your time today. We hope you have a sunny day ahead. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs>